Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50. I'm Michael Hogue. Um, today is episode 18. Here with a guest today, uh, Maria Pandale from Travel Managers. Uh, we're going to talk about the best places to travel in your 50s. So welcome, Maria. Um, Hi. Hi, Michael. Thank you for having me today. Very, uh, very good to have you, Maria. So if you can just tell us a little bit about what you do and what your history has been, how you got into... Um, uh, travel? Mm-hmm. So I started 23 years ago in the travel industry. Uh, this year marks my 10th year with travel managers. So what that potentially means is that I'm self-employed under the name of travel managers. Um, and yeah, it's been working really well for me. So it's something that I really enjoy doing as well. Yeah, fantastic. So um, so you, you, when we think of a travel agent, uh, you work like that. It's your own business. Uh, you work under uh, the brand of travel managers. I yes, yes, that's yeah. correct. Yes, so I do work on my own. I meet clients mainly at cafes, sometimes people's houses, that kind of thing. I find that works really well because it's it's very relaxed atmosphere. The client absolutely loves it because um, essentially we are talking about a sort of a lifestyle. Yes. Um, holiday. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think it's a, it's a, a fantastic place to meet cafes uh, these days so yeah, it's, it's a it's a really relaxed atmosphere mm-hmm. and um, I, I know when I first started uh, my business nine years ago um, uh, before I actually even had an, an office we used to meet in cafes I used to meet my clients in cafes it was it, it worked really well oh, that's so, great. so you know what it's uh, like yeah yes. yeah no, it's good yeah um, give us an explanation of of the types of people that you help with their travel yeah, of late, um, say over the last few years, I've, I've started attracting a lot more of the semi-retired and retired clientele. I think the reason for that is because due to my experience, I guess, more than anything else, being able to choose the uh, right product for them um, based around where they have and haven't been. I also have a lot of clients who are the young professionals with or without children, but all round, the sort of main client that I try and attract and who do come to me are the ones who are time poor, who just don't have that time to scroll through the internet all for hours upon end. Yeah, that, that's a mm-hmm. um, that certainly resonates uh, with myself. Uh, many of our clients, they're, they're time poor as well. Mm-hmm. And um, we find that uh, if they had the energy to dedicate um, uh, in our field, for example, to, to learn uh, more about financial strategy and what tax deductions they could take advantage of and, and, and everything that we do for our clients. Um, they, they would be able to do that, but they are time poor, uh, essentially um, making money in their chosen field. So, so we have a lot of time poor people as well. Mm. So that's a big part of your, your clientele. Yeah, absolutely. So it looks like we do very, very similar sort of roles as well. Yeah. Um, I think with being a travel consultant as well, there was a time or even now where people still do book on the internet. 
However, I think it's getting better and better. I'm sure it's the same with your field where there's just so much information on the internet that people become very overwhelmed with that and therefore they, they come and see people like us. Like yeah, look, there's, there's certainly more information and information is easier to get. However, I, I actually find when you're researching uh, certain topics, you find that um, the information that's presented is in the, the vested interests of whoever's presenting it oftentimes. So it's, it's, mm. it's, it's pitched as information. Uh, however, it's, it's sales in another form for, for other people. So there's, there's quite a lot of noise on the internet, obviously, yeah, in terms absolutely. of different... Uh, different fields and different topics yeah. and um, in your field the devil is in the detail uh, obviously mm. so you know you can you, you know, there's so much variability in terms of of um, this hotel located in this part of the city versus uh, you know a cheaper one located in a different part of the, the city yes. would be very different experiences Absolutely. for uh, for the traveler I imagine so yeah, absolutely, and that's where that's where someone like me comes into it. I, I will give my clients the the, no, the knowledge and background that I have based on what I know, as opposed to what's on the internet, because the internet can tell you anything. And yes. unfortunately, some people do just believe everything they read, yes. which I'm sure with you, you may see that as well. Uh, that's why I think coming to a professional like me and yourself, um, we can you know we can give the the honest advice suited to that particular person, not suited to a mass of hundreds. Yes. Instead. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So tell us about the best places to travel in your 50s. Um, yeah. For the listeners, we actually, uh, last year, uh, Lighthouse and Maria with Travel Managers did a joint seminar for um, our mutual clients. Mm-hmm. And um, we looked at the best places to travel in your 50s, 60s and 70s, uh, which we'll be talking about. So today uh, we're talking about the best places to travel in your 50s. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, over to you, Maria. Tell us about the best places to travel in your 50s. (laughs) Okay. So I know this is very generalising because obviously certain people have different uh, health um, situations. However, I believe um, in your 50s, it's probably best to do the more third world countries, the ones that are a bit, I don't want to use the word rougher, but, you know, a bit more rigid uh, due to the fact that, you know, generally anyone in their 50s, you would hope, you know, would be quite, still quite fit. Um, so therefore, it's probably best to get those countries done first. Uh, the other reasoning for the third world countries is that I actually have a client who's quite ill. Uh, she just does still want to travel and she's actually been told by her doctor to only travel to first world countries now because of the fact of the, the hygiene and, and the, um, that kind of thing. So I think generally third world countries, for example, Southeast Asia as, a, as an area, it would be good to travel in your 50s. South America is another really good one as well because obviously, you know, hygiene there can be a bit dicey sometimes. Uh, the other really good things to do in your 50s is anything that's that relates to an active type holiday. So hiking, for example, Mount Kilimanjaro. It could mean uh, organised walks and bike tours throughout France or Europe, yep. somewhere like that, which you know, requires a, a certain level of fitness. Yes. So anything that's that's based around that even Africa safaris are also good to do in your 50s because little things that people may not think about is that fact that you're jumping in and out of jeeps that are sometimes quite high so if you have leg problems or knee issues or something like that you could find it quite difficult and um, another one is ski holidays because obviously if you're skiing you need to definitely have some level of fitness as well so I think it's more about the type of holiday versus destination if that Make sense, yes. Michael? Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, uh, absolutely. So the theme that 
that came through there was a more of an active holiday. Yeah. And, and um, is that typically what uh, people in their 50s are, are seeking? They're seeking those more active holidays. I, I know everyone is different, of course, mm-hmm. but um, uh, that's what you tend to, to see and, and encourage people to. Absolutely. If they're looking at an uh, active style mm-hmm. uh, of travel mm-hmm. to actually... To, to do that earlier rather than later. Absolutely, yeah, because you just don't know what's around the corner, unfortunately. So I think it's just best to do, while you're fully able, to do those sort of uh, types of holidays earlier on. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, uh, having known you for a good few years now, I know that you're always jet-setting. Well, jet-setting is the wrong word, um, <laughs> but you're always looking to travel. You're an avid traveller yourself. Yep. Um, I always think... It's, it's great to have your uh, travel manager or your travel consultant having um, uh, have already travelled to the places that uh, you intend to travel to mm-hmm. um, because they know. They, they know then you know, where to stay, stay in this area because it's closer to this and these are the type of things that you like to do. Um, uh, tell us about your recent trip Mm-hmm. to the UK, I believe it was, wasn't it? Yeah, so I uh, took my mother on a coach tour around around the UK, so Scotland, Wales and England. Um, although it wasn't my typically style of travel at the moment, uh, it definitely suited my mother because, you know, she is in her 60s, so that is definitely something that suited her. I've done other types of travel in, in my life. I've done, you know, food tours through Vietnam. I've um, done ski holidays you know, lots of European sort of holidays, also South Pacific. So I've done quite a range of holidays. Like you said, Michael, it is really important to keep up to date with that, with travelling, because like I said to my clients, if, you know, would you trust a traveller consultant who hasn't travelled? So it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I I can think of an experience uh, quite some time ago where we booked through a travel agent and um, and, uh, it didn't seem like a big deal at the time, but the... The, the person that the travel agent uh, clearly hadn't travelled to any of the places that uh, she was booking us into, okay. and um, just tended to end up in in wrong areas, uh, not not necessarily bad areas, but um, but uh, areas away from where we uh, tended to spend most of our time. So wow. yeah, you're, you're travelling back and forth to the hotel and in mm-hmm. taxis. Um, my rule of thumb now is I, I like to be within two blocks of where I'm going to spend most of my time. So, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. If, I'm, if I'm booked into the city. So. No, that totally yeah. makes sense. And like, you know, I'll be honest, I haven't travelled everywhere. It's, it's purely impossible to have travelled everywhere, yes. but places I haven't travelled, I get my feedback from my clients who have travelled there. So I do welcome home phone calls from my clients and make sure I get, get that feedback from them to pass on to other clients. And if there's a place, yeah, I haven't been to, I do know the people or person to call in order to gain that information just to make sure it suits suits my client because i just don't want to ever guess or second guess certain situations it's better Uh, to be right so uh talk more about that sorry you mentioned Mm. a what do you call it a welcome welcome home phone call welcome home (laughs) tell us about a welcome home phone call i've never heard that terminology oh you haven't okay Um, so what that what that basically means is because because i offer a full service you know from the from the first time you we meet um, I'm there in the background if you have any questions after you've already booked, even if you've handed when you've handed your money over, I'm still sitting there waiting for any questions and assistance. Also, whilst you're traveling, 
I offer 24-hour emergency assistance as well, just in case something unforeseen should arise. And then when you come home, I'll do the welcome phone call. So what that potentially means, or basically means, is that I will call you a day or two after you've returned uh, and just to say, just ask how the holiday was, you know, did you have a great time? What were the um, positive and negative feedback? Hopefully all positive. (laughs) Um, But I think it's really important because it's, like I said, it gives you that full service to your client from start Mm -hmm. to end. And I think client my clients do appreciate that and they feel valued by that yeah i mean that's really unique um i haven't heard of that before but i imagine i imagine uh, as you said positive feedback is excellent if there is any negative feedback though it's Mm -hmm. a learning experience i mean absolutely there's obviously going to be things that go wrong when you're when you're traveling to different countries Mm -hmm. uh, all throughout the world there's so many variables um, absolutely outside of your control yeah so it would be good to know um yeah, to get that feedback from people, yeah. I imagine to yeah. to either confirm, yeah, this is this this worked uh, uh, flawlessly, or um, yeah, there was a hiccup here or there. So yeah, no, that's that's yeah. that's fantastic. No, something that's really important. Yeah. Um, yep. So Marie, you mentioned uh, before that a, a typical travel in your fifties. If you're going to look at third world countries, you tend to do that in your 50s while you're a little bit more um, uh, active and Mm -hmm. fit and healthy. And also for any any active travel as well, active holidays, you would you would tend to do that in your 50s as well. So um, you have a story about someone that you booked on a a Southeast Asia. Uh, trip recently so tell us more about that yes what you did for them, so. yeah absolutely so yeah there's some um, yeah couple in their 50s um they came to me and said that they wanted to travel to vietnam uh now there's you know there's several ways you can travel to vietnam you can be on an organized on an organized tour with other people mm-hmm. um but after qualifying them i soon discovered that they weren't uh into the group tours just yet uh they were happy to do their independent style touring yep. which what that potentially means is that I custom made their itinerary, uh, so that from start to finish. So I basically, you know, looked at the flights. I then spoke to them about the different places they could visit within Vietnam, and I put together a package suited just to them. Because, uh, because personally, I don't like to buy into those packages that you see advertised. Because I feel that they're they're there for the masses. Yep. My clients want to feel a bit more, I guess, special. They want something that's a bit more individual based around their needs versus based around hundreds of people's needs. Yes. Which I think is really important. And, um, yeah, and they, I guess they're still in the, to the point where they're still quite confident with travelling on their own, not with other people. Obviously, I guided them with that and just gave them ideas on where they could go and what sort of sightseeing they could do and that type of thing. And, um, yeah, they had a wonderful time. Fantastic, and yeah. and um, traveling in your fifties. I mean, generally people uh, would still be working in their fifties. Yes, and um, you mentioned before, of course, time poor people are one of your one of your uh, niches that mm-hmm. you work with. So, mm-hmm. so I imagine um, anyone that's still working has a limited time to travel, and being time poor anyway, absolutely, uh, they would want uh, those subtle little differences. Yeah, that that um, that make the the limited time that they have a little bit more special exactly and um that's not necessarily um uh significantly more expensive is it so no not at all not at all um i think people have the idea i guess that 
not booking a package is more expensive, but it's not the case at all. Yes. It's really, really not. So, you know, I work with a client to make sure, you know, they're happy with everything. I take from my own experience because I have traveled to Vietnam before. So I was even able to give them ideas on which restaurants to go to and, yep. you know, which shops and that kind of stuff. So I think they really appreciated that yeah. feedback as well. Fantastic. Hmm. And um, what did they tell you when you gave them the welcome home call? Uh, do they, do they, oh. they, they loved it? Yeah, they did love it. I think they were quite shocked because obviously they haven't received one of those before in their past. So, yes. yeah, so no, they loved it. They gave me um, all the feedback on the places I'd booked them, the hotels and the different towns and everything I'd booked them. So, yeah. yeah, but they really, really enjoyed it and appreciated the call as well. Fantastic. And um, you also have a story about an active holiday. So tell us more about this one. Yeah, so this particular couple, they wanted to go to Europe and mentioned that they wanted to do something a little bit different. They, uh, in conversation, mentioned that they love bike riding. So I suggested to them, what about a bike tour through France? Because they also did say that they really have a love for food and wine. So I chose the right uh, travel company for them, or like a supplier. So they're basically the people who work on the ground over there. So that's part of my job too, is to choose the right products and right uh, tour companies for people so this particular this particular bike ride was great because they still wanted to be on their own which they were and what basically happened on a daily basis is they'd get up and have breakfast so forth and then they'd get a little they had a map maps and so forth that are provided to them their bags would actually get on forwarded to the next town so they didn't have to worry about you know carting 20 kilos of luggage around yeah that's fantastic yeah so essentially they they were on their own were able to stop at little places along the way have some food have some wine yeah you know like try the the local produce and then when they arrived at each hotel their bags were there waiting for them so it was absolutely ideal for them yeah Um, yeah that sounds sounds fantastic it's tied in the um i know if you anytime i travel and i'm sampling food and wine which i like to it's always good to to have an active theme as well because you feel like you've deserved it and you've, yeah, you've exactly. <laughs> gotten out there and, yeah. and done some exercise and, and like feel like guilty. Smell the roses and then uh, yeah. sample some some good wine. Absolutely, and, and yeah. Cheese, so. Absolutely. And that's a very niche type of holiday that they did, but because of the fact that they are quite fit, mm-hmm. they um yeah, felt it really worked for them. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Um, thanks for sharing today. Uh, we uh, will include Maria's contact details uh, in the in the uh, episode webpage, mm-hmm. so um, you can you can view that via going to uh, the episode webpage, uh, episode eighteen, best places to travel in your fifties. Um, so we'll include Maria's contact details in there, uh, email and phone number. So if you have any travel needs, certainly um, get in contact with Maria. And um, also tune in to episode 19, which will be the best places to travel in your 60s. Uh, and also episode 20, which will be the, the best places to travel in your uh, 70s. So um, thanks for coming in today, Maria. It was really good. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.